Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. If you want to listen live in the central Indiana area, you can hear us on 93.5 FM and 107.5 FM. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. He writes about the Broncos for the Athletic. Nick Kosmider joins us. Hey, Nick, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Things are getting a little bit loose here, Nick. Do you think you can handle it? Are you all right? Are you good? I'm good, man. Hey, it's a Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Sun's shining. Let's, let's get after it. Oh, we're going to get after it just a little bit. I, I did want to ask you this because we, we know here, obviously, we have uh, watched – uh, and know the numbers offensively, and they have been horrific so far. Uh, disappointing have been the offensive numbers in Denver with Russell Wilson through the first four weeks as well. What has, for the most part, been the issue on that side of the football? Yeah, well, they're completely boomer bust. They're, they're the kind of the definition of that term. And I'll, and I'll give you an example as to why. There's no team in the NFL that is, is ending a larger percentage of its drives with punts than the Broncos but they are also fourth in the league in explosive play rate. So essentially what is happening is they're either going three and out or Russell Wilson is hitting a 45, 50-yard pass down the field and, and they're scoring a touchdown. And, and in practical terms, it looks like, hey, three and out three times in a row, and then all of a sudden they get a drive going. They get started with some out-of-the-pocket rollout, you know, 30-yard pass to Cortland Sutton, and all of a sudden they're on the move. So there's times where it looks like they have the firepower. They have the, the stuff but then just prolonged stretches where they cannot get out of their own way. They're behind the sticks constantly. Um, the, the last week, they, their average third goal to gain on third down was 10 yards. Um, you're just not going to win games that way. You're not going to produce anything consistently offensively that way. So it's just a complete boom or bust deal right now where they cannot find any consistent traction at all. Has Russell Wilson played disappointingly because listen we, we get the from the outside looking in view and a lot of the national scope and you know a lot of people you know have taken time especially if they've been in and around the seattle area to say hey you know this is what he was it was more about the team here uh, than it was about him how has he been viewed in the first four weeks in a broncos uniform you know i think there's been i think it's fair to say that here locally there's been a little bit of a disappointment probably that he has not been able to kind of lift the offense, um, you know, to, uh, you know, to a more efficient performance at this stage of the year. And a lot of that stems from guys ever since, ever since Peyton Manning, that fellow that, you know, well retired here after yeah. the 2015 season, it's just been a carousel of quarterbacks that has led to just some of the worst offensive football your eyes have ever seen. And so when they got Russell Wilson, they got Nathaniel Hackett, this, offensive-minded play caller who spent the last three years with Aaron Rodgers. The idea was that they could come in and, if not set the world on fire offensively, at least be far better than they have been for the past six years. And the reality is that they're not right now. They're, they're, they are statistically the same offense that they've been given. And so, um, you know, look, they gave up five draft picks to Russell Wilson. They've already signed him to a $245 million extension. And, and the thing is, he's not been bad. Um, he, he has been a guy who, when he gets outside of the pocket and, and does the things that he does well, even though his mobility has declined, he still is able to make those plays. It just has not been frequent enough. There, there's still some, some just problems between he and Nathaniel Hackett in terms of you know, getting the right play calls onto the field, doing it efficiently, figuring out what, what the other really wants to run. Um, and part of that is to be expected. We're seeing it with Matt Ryan. It's just you played somewhere your whole entire career. Now all of a sudden you have new personnel, new everything. There's going to be an adjustment period to that. But I think fans are saying, okay, it's, it's time now. We, we've had four games. We've had this time. Let's start to see it. 
Again, it's uh, Nick Kosminer of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You know, Thursday night standalone tonight featuring the Colts and the Broncos in Denver coming up later on this evening. You mentioned Nathaniel Hackett, the first-year head coach, and the first year for Russell Wilson in Denver. Um, do you have people kind of divvying up sides on this, whether uh, we're going to blame the quarterback, uh, we're going to blame the new head coach? Uh, through the first four weeks of the season, is there any animosity, not between them, but for fans on either side of what they've seen from the coach and then what they've seen from the quarterback to this point? Yeah, I, I think there. You, I think that you see that, and, that, and that's, I think, probably pretty par for the – for the course in terms of the terms of the fan experience, there are some people who believe that the Broncos are not doing thing, anything offensively because Nathaniel Hackett, um, if he's not struggling with game management stuff, which is what he did um, very notably his first two weeks of the season, um, then it's this problem with, with creating some rhythm offensively. I mean, they're just having these calls where they're either on first down, they're throwing incomplete or they're getting a negative run or they're committing a penalty. Those have been their three most like um, consistent outcomes on first down. And that has just set them, set them apart. So there's some who say, Hey, get us in a play, get us a play, get us um, a scheme that will get these drives started faster. And, and I think that's kind of more of where the, the fan sort of blame is going, but there are some who say, listen, Russell Wilson is supposed to be this nine time pro bowl quarterback. He needs to be able to sort of lift this offense in this sort of early learning stage um, of everybody being together, that, that, it, that it, the onus is on him. Um, and the, the truth probably lies somewhere in between. That, it, that It's both of them getting used to one another. The offensive line needs to play better. Um, and, and, of course, you know, you've had Melvin Gordon, who's fumbled four times in four games. You've had drops. So it just has been inconsistent across the board. So the fans are lining up. But if you want kind of a – a bird's eye view of where to cast the blame. It really is on just about every aspect of this offense right now. Hey, was there any other quarterback options that Denver was going to look toward in the off season or was it basically from the gate? I, I guess once we started to find out and, you know, Russell Wilson did kind of trickle out some of the info that he wasn't happy. He would like to move along. Was he going to be the only one in, in their focus in the off season? Well, I, I think they ha there was a, a big kind of concerted effort to see what the possibility of acquiring Aaron Rodgers was. And that goes back to, um, you know, the 2021 draft. If you remember the day of the draft is when Aaron, Adam Schefter, you know, kind of breaks the story that, that Aaron Rodgers is, is really frustrated with things in Green Bay. And, and he was all of a sudden trying to, trying to create this, this trade. And, and that day it looked like the Broncos, um, you know, might try to swing something that was going to bring Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Uh, it obviously didn't happen. They they got to the they got to the table during the 2021 season. He played in Green Bay, um, but that sort of I, I guess flirtation, at least among the Broncos fan base with with Aaron Rodgers, continued to exist this off season. I think that was the target that everybody thought that they were going for. And you know, I was at the combine in February, and um, you know, the, the Broncos really did a, a a good job of keeping this Russell Wilson thing under wraps because you couldn't find anybody that kind of had that knowledge of that pursuit going on at the time. Um, but, but of course, Aaron Rodgers ends up signing back in green Bay and then the wheels started turning pretty quickly on the Russell Wilson thing. But I do, I am curious just to know what they would have tried to do. Um, you know, had neither one of those guys been, been available because they've, they've been kind of doing this throughout ever since Peyton Manning retired, you know, um, you know, late second round draft pick, sign a free agent, um, you know, kind of try a late round pick, um, winning a job they've just they've just filled the hole in almost every single way to where this was really the thing for them to finally try right just just draft send as many draft picks as you need get the quarterback because 
you know, they were tired of this, this changing quarterbacks every single year situation, which, of course, you guys know nothing about. <laughs> well, it's funny. There's a common thread here. I mean, other than maybe three years and uh, kind of a fourth regarding Andrew Luck, I mean, the way that, that Peyton Manning, when, when he stepped away from the game in Denver and the way things went for the Broncos – is kind of how at least even now the post luck era how everybody certainly yeah. feels around here you're just kind of chasing chasing your tail once he leaves I, it just must be well here i mean obviously jim ursay fired him which we look back on and kind of go oh my goodness but at the same time he did you, you know you, you look at some similar situations i think after the fact with manning in mind with both organizations yeah it, it's it's kind of wild sort of some of the, the parallels that there really have been a lot of them and you know in the moment when you get these answers and you sort of talk yourself into saying hey this is you know this is a pretty good idea or we'll try to catch lightning in a bottle like you know philip rivers will get you to the playoffs and then you just try to go and and make something happen when you get into the tournament and then you you know you, you put a different band-aid on it the next year it just it leads you into just kind of having this sort of um, you know, always kicking the can down the road until you find the perfect option. Well, right. there just often isn't one. And, and the reality is that the Broncos have now, you know, hitched their proverbial Bronco wagon to Russell Wilson for the next five years. And listen, I, I'm one that thinks it's way too early to say, hey, he doesn't have it anymore. He's declining. It, it's four games in. I, I don't think the panic button is necessary. But they have to make this work because this is where they finally decided to pull the trigger on the big quarterback investment. And, and if this doesn't work, then you've set yourself back a long time. Nick Kosmeyer of the Athletic co uh, covers the Broncos. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You go all the way back to training camp. How big of a deal has it been for this offense and the whole acclimation process of Russell Wilson when Tim Patrick, the wide receiver, went down for the season in camp? Yeah, he was a, he's probably been the team's most um, consistent presence in the wide receiver room. Of course, Cortland Sutton tore his ACL in 2020 when he came back in 2021, had some bright moments, but was still very clearly kind of working his way back from that injury. Um, you know, Jerry Judy has dealt with his injuries and then, and then some just sort of drop issues and consistencies. Um, and, and then KJ Hamler, another promising fast third year wide receiver. He just dealt with an ACL injury. And Tim Patrick was the guy that was really, you know, the glue through all of that durable, accountable, um, you know, going entire seasons without dropping the pass, dropping the ball. And is also because of his size, a great slot blocking wide receiver. You could just put him about anywhere. And so I think that loss has really has really hurt them. Um, you know, probably more than a lot of people realize. But it has unfortunately been you know kind of par for the course with that receiving group. I mentioned Sutton, all these guys that have been injured now. Each one of their top yeah. four wide receivers has missed extensive time um, in the in the last few seasons, and that that has hurt. And that's why I thought you know the Broncos probably should have played their starters a little bit in the preseason. We know that teams are kind of gravitating toward this idea of let's not play our guys. Let's keep them fresh, but you've seen the injuries anyway. And, and the, the net result was the Broncos came out their first two weeks and really through the first quarter of the season have not been clicking offensively at all. Um, all right. I'm an Indiana state sycamore Jonas Griffith. Yeah. How's he looked? What's going on there? Because we're always going to be brothers. When it comes to Sycamores, yeah. former Sycamores, how are we looking there at linebacker? Oh, I'm glad you brought Jonas up. He, he's probably my favorite guy in the locker room on this Denver team. Um, just, just an absolute smile on his face all the time. Just authentically about the nicest guy that you'll ever that you'll ever come across. Obviously, came into the league undrafted because he, you know, he got to Indiana State having only played one year of high school football. 
you know, earned his way into that NFL prospect tier, but had to really grind through, you know, practice squads um, with the 49ers and then, and then a cup of coffee with the Colts, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. Um, And, and and he has just worked himself, started with special teams. um, But he had a, you know, he had the game clinching interception against the 49ers two weeks ago. Uh, told me that he was going to be uh, sleeping with that game ball next to him, and um, you know I believe it. So uh, glad to hear um, you know he's got he's got friends out there because Jonas is just an just an awesome guy and has been a been a critical part of this defense as well. Well, we we, we think about it. the head coach Kurt Mallory over at Indiana State's a friend of mine, and um, yeah, that's one of the things. It, it's too bad I tried to get him on. I wanted to get him on. It was a short week, and it's really tough yeah. to pin these guys down yeah. and get them on for a radio interview in a short week. But man, we're really proud of what he's accomplished. Yeah, that's great. I talked to I talked to Kurt for a profile I did of Jonas a couple of weeks ago, and his his brother Mike Mallory is actually the assistant special teams coach for the Broncos, and and uh, he so he told me a story where Jonas is in a special teams meeting uh, when this new staff got here, and uh, Mike Mallory starts talking and, and laying out some of the install, and Jonas just starts laughing, and and, and Mike goes, "I'm sorry, man. What, what are you laughing at?" He's like, "I'm sorry, coach. You just you look exactly and sound exactly like your brother, and I just can't get it out of my mind." So. I thought that was a pretty funny story. <laughs> He's uh, Nick Cosbider of The Athletic covers the Broncos. He's going to be in the house later on tonight. That Thursday nighter features the Colts and the Broncos and two teams that need a win and need a win big time. Nick, I appreciate you, man. That's great stuff, and we'll catch up with you sometime down the road. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Nick Cosbider of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pileline. From CBS 4 and Fox 59, it's a Thursday night standalone game night. Thank you, Christy, for the Colts on the road in Denver. Mike Chappell, he does join us. Mike, do you think, I've been talking about this all day so far, is this defensive effort going to have to be in the neighborhood of what we saw two weeks ago against Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? Yeah, and the threat's not as strong because of Kansas City is what they are. Yeah, we've seen enough of Russell Wilson. That's what he does. He he gets out of the pocket, he extends plays, and he finds people down the field. So, yeah, they've got to find a way to contain him. You wouldn't think that their run game without their leading rusher is going to do all that much. So, this is – I don't know what the over-under is, like 42 or 43. This is one where you feel like you bet the under and you just start counting your money. But the defense has got to keep Wilson on the short lease. What do you think of what they're going to do running back tonight? I mean, I think everybody says, all right, well, 21s get a lot of look. There's no doubt about that. But how do you think offensively they're going to utilize Philip Lindsay in the game plan tonight? You know, I wrote about this in my advance, and, and I'm wondering how they're going to do it. I, the least disruptive way to do this is to let Philip Lindsay be the guy. He gets the 15 to 20 carries, and then Naheem still has his old role, which, as we as we can talk about, they're not using him. They're, they're just not using Naheem enough. But I, Naheem, and I think he's had 69 games, and he's had four games with 10 carries. And I just don't think that's what he is. I just Maybe this one game they'll try that. But it makes more sense to try to let Lindsey be the guy and let Naheem just be what he's been and just use him more. So we'll see. Uh, we talked to Philip Lindsey on Tuesday, and, He's eager. I mean, this is going home uh, to the team that you were starred for, and then they just cast you aside. So he's not going to lack motivation. So 
it's not, it's, you know, he's not going to go 20 for 120. But if they can just be, if they can just be respectable, you know, just just show some some positive yards and keep away from the negative rushes. I don't care who, who rushes it until they get the offensive line fixed. It's not going to matter. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Mike Chappell of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine is is with us, and they they've got to make some strides even to be reasonable in this case. I mean, massively a disappointment so far. From your eyeballs, where does it start for you? I mean, individually, collectively, I mean, where does it start? It's is, is just how bad they have looked in the first four weeks. Collectively, individually, I mean, you know, they've had a game or two where the lack of communication has been awful in pass protection, maybe in run blocking too. And, you know, you'll see one play, Matt Pryor's getting beat. And then last game, remember with Denico Autry schooling Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith's had issues. You know, Danny Pender played to a level with th- where they replaced him. Brian Kelly's not playing well. So, w- w- when the, the whenever we talked about stuff in the offseason, all the questions we had, all of a sudden the receivers and tight ends are playing pretty well. Uh, but I, n- I never thought we'd be sitting here saying, you know, the offensive line's not doing a job. I thought in the offseason that at least they would have the offensive line, the running game. Remember we talked about with in Matt Ryan's last four years in, in, in Atlanta, no, no defense to speak of. The running game was awful. The offensive line was awful. Well, at least here he's going to have the running game in the offensive line, and he hasn't. Uh, you know, and, and he's not blameless in this at all. He, he's not. You just can't fumble nine times. Can't do it and throw five interceptions. But he wasn't brought in here to throw for 350. He's fourth in the league in passing yards. That's not what they wanted. It's what they need right now. It's not what they wanted. And, and the protection hasn't been there. So they've got it's collective. And again, you, when three of your highest paid players are on the offensive line and they're underperforming, it drags everybody else down. Well, I, I said this earlier this week. They, they can't win. I mean, they cannot win with the offensive line at that level. They, they, they just can't. And, hey, did the uh, short week, you think, save Chris Strasser? And if they continue to be what they have been, will the longer week seal his fate, you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I always hate to think about a coach getting fired because it, it impacts so many people. But at some point, you know, right. this, is, this is big boy football, and there's accountability. You know, they get rid of Blankenship, you know, for a missed kick. You know, there were other reasons, but but for the missed kick. So at some point, somebody somebody's going to be held accountable. Whether you know, and, and maybe that's one. We'll see. That's why I hope they get it turned around because whether it's Pep Hamilton or Rob Jaczynski, you hate to see somebody, you know, Brian Baker, whoever, be let go. And you know, I I hope that's not the case. But at some point, if if, if it doesn't get better starting tonight, I mean, and, and you're right, you're going to have that long, longer week to, uh, to uh, adjust. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but the owner is got to be PO'd with the way this has started. And, you know, the, the one message that Frank puts out there that he has to, because he's a coach is all of our goals are still in front of us and, and he's right, but the fans don't want to hear that. 
the, the fans are, are incensed over how this is gone. And I'm sure the owner's right there with them. So there will be accountability. There's already been, you know, they, they get rid of Blankenship. They, they demoted Penner. And if Matt Pryor didn't start better, start playing better, we're going to see the rookie at left tackle. So, you know, if you don't if you don't perform your job well, there are consequences. You know, Mike, I said this yesterday too, and you know, as much as Chris Ballard kind of laughed at my theory of moving, uh, of of moving Nelson over to to left tackle because they're going to pay him that much. Yeah, it it, it it was just as funny to believe that Matthew Pryor was going to be able to be the guy there. Would you not? You know what I mean? I mean that yeah. you can have laughed at that too, just as easily. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I, yeah, I know, I know. And I guess the answer is you can't play any worse. But right. I, I think what I think what need, what might happen before before they go to DefCon one with with Nelson at at uh, is one or five the worst. I, I get it. You know, till they go under the brink. I think they they put Ryman at left tackle, and I'd move prior over to right guard. Because he he's not a he, he started one game at tackle, he started one game at tackle in his career left tackle before this year. So I think one of the mistakes that they made, and it's always easy to look back and, and say mistakes, but there really wasn't any open competition at left tackle and right guard. There just wasn't. It, that was they were the guys all throughout the offseason, all throughout camp, and as it turns out, you know. Matt Pryor hasn't been the answer. He's been he's been a problem, and you know maybe Danny Pinner is better as just a backup center. But it, it's it's to say that those are the two guys pulling this line down. They're not helping things, but all five of those guys are, are in cahoots with this, and we've been seeing this for a long time. One guy that they really really miss is Jack Doyle in the run game. He. he Go back and watch some of Taylor's big runs last year. And Jack Doyle was just crunching a guy at the line of scrimmage to give Taylor room. So, I, yeah, it's it's more than that, but it's all together. And they've got to get this fixed because that's the foundation of their team. Offensive line, run game, and then let the quarterback, you know, make the layups and hit a couple of plays. But if they're going to throw the ball 40 times, a game and try to get 350 from Ryan. They're not winning much. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So um, tell me this. What do, you, what do you think about the usage of DeForest Buckner tonight? He was on a pitch count clearly last week. Uh, what will we see out of him tonight in Denver? Probably the same. And, and what people need to kind of watch for is they don't have Tyquan Lewis tonight. He's got the concussion. I'm telling you, he's he's one of those guys that you don't notice him until he's gone. Because he can play inside, he can play outside. Uh, so I, will he play more tonight? I don't know, but we're going to see more of Dio. Uh, and hey, how about if Yannick Ngakwe, you know, makes a few plays? I think Quiddy Pay's playing pretty well, but it, it all of a sudden the depth on the defensive line is taking a hit. Because I tell you, if you've seen that brace on Buck's arm, it's like what Barry Bonds used to, to wear when he was batting. It, 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 it's that big and thick. Uh, and, and I thought there were a couple of plays that Buckram did not make last week because he couldn't really grip 
or weak with his with his left arm very well. But uh, you cannot let a, a, a Denver team that lost its leading running back, I mean, to that knee injury, let them get out there and give Russell Wilson a running game. If they do, then shame on these guys. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Hey, Zaire Franklin, to me, seems to have played well so far, especially numbers-wise. What, what, what do you think about the way he's played through yeah. the first four weeks? You know, outside of the friendly fire and doing what he did to teammate Shaquille Leonard last week, how about everything else? Oh, yeah. Hey, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like the show except for, you know, the, the, the gunshot? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's played well. He, he I think he's a great story because, you know, what was he, a seventh-round draft pick and, he actually gets a second contract. He's playing well. He he's playing really well. The, the linebackers aren't a big problem right now. They, they 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 need to get better in coverage, but that's always going to be the case. And and that's one thing that's kind of been missing. Not one. It, the big thing from this defense we talked about are takeaways. They've got three takeaways in, in four games, and one of them was a muff punt. And that, that's you just. It's so hard. You know, last year this defense was between okay and pretty good primarily because they had 33 takeaways and, and they stopped the run. Well, they're, now they're not getting the takeaways. They're stopping the run. Okay. But they're not getting the takeaways and they're almost kind of asking the other team to make a mistake. And maybe, maybe the Broncos do because they're not getting their bang for the buck on Russell Wilson either. But again, as we've seen in, in past games with, with Seattle, with him, he, when he runs around, he's going to find somebody open. And, and those are the plays that just kill defenses. But I like the way Franklin's playing. I wonder how long before we see Shaq Leonard play again. I think it's going to be. I do too. Um, I, I just, I, I asked Frank uh, on, uh, let's get my days mixed up, Tuesday. I asked him if, if there's a chance that uh, Shaq goes on IR. And he, he didn't rule it out. He said, we got to wait until the swelling in the, in the nose goes down to see what they're dealing with. But he missed he missed three games uh, in, in 19 with a concussion. And if, you, and if you remember, he missed three games and then they had to buy. So he had a month to recover from it. And, and, and this was, this was a lot more serious when, when you, you know, include the, the broken nose. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the least bit surprised if he goes on IR, just to give him time to, to recover from both. So my chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59, i got to hit the uh, Colts pregame show here. So I, I've got to go a little bit shorter than normal. But uh, I appreciate you. Hey, quickly in 15 seconds, who you got winning tonight? I've got Denver 19-17, to 17, although I'll tell you, oh. whenever this team's got their back against the wall, they somehow find a way to win. I'm not going to be shocked if the Colts find a way to win this one. I always appreciate you, Mike. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk next week. Have a beer for me. <laughs> already way ahead of you brother <laughs> way ahead of you Mike Chappell of yeah. CBS 4 and Fox 59 see you Mike